755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, the Braves writer for The Athletic. And I have a couple of uh, special guests. Well, one regular guest, Eric O'Flaherty out in Seattle. Uh, Just regular. Regular. Yeah. And then another special You're- guest, somewhat special, Peter Moylan. I have no idea where Moylo is. Where are you, Moylan? In my house. And where the hell is that? In the Czech? You know exactly where it is. No, I'm in Atlanta. Czech Republic. Czech Republic. Come on, guys. I haven't been in Czech. Czech's old news. Come on. I'm back. You're worldwide. I'm back. I'm, You've been somewhere new. Every photo. Every photo I see on with Instagram. With the worldwide. New location. Yeah. Dude, where are you going to go pitch Can... next year? Whatever country calls? Uh, actually, it's hopefully, if Ukraine. everything goes as planned, it's going to be the Olympics, Dave. Wow. Yeah. So that's the that's the only reason why I went to check. I, I, there is a plan behind all this madness. You know, that's just, the it's madness. Not just oh, if I'm just going to go to Europe, not just touring. <laughs> I thought it was just touring, free way to tour Europe. <laughs> that too, but go to Amsterdam, smoke bit. weed. Hold on, Dave, you can't do that. That's ridiculous. There's other things to do besides smoke weed in Amsterdam. It's a very beautiful place. Oh, um, yeah. Well, hey, listen, as you probably are aware. In your role as a Braves analyst on yeah. on, uh, on Fox Sports, the Braves have won 18 out of 21 games. Mm-hmm. They've outscored their opponents 109 to 66 in that span. Now they got the fourth best record in the majors, and they're only three games behind the Dodgers for best record in the NL, which yep. a distinction that assures the team the home field advantage through the uh, LCS, of course. So they moved up to fourth this week in the new power rankings uh, published by The Athletic, which we all know are the only power rankings that actually matter. Uh, All others are meaningless. (laughs) The Braves are 90 and 55. They've already equaled last year's wins total with uh, Monday night's win in the Fulte Fest at Philly. And uh, they still got 17 games left to play. Mm. My question. They go ten and seven the rest of the way for that. They'll have a hundred win team. Yep. Who would have thunk that? And my qu- quick prediction from you guys: went the magic number's down to ten now. Six games left on this trip, Philly and DC, and then uh, six game homestand. When are the Braves mm. going to clinch? Golly. Oh, you want to take it first? Next homestand, last game. I was just going to say that, but I don't know the way they're going right now. It's like it's it's hard to even say that they're not going to just run the table like it's every yeah. night it's something different that's happening it's, and um even in my own mindset you know it's always been yankees uh astros dodgers you know they're the, yep. they're the ones to beat but yep. i think i think genuinely the braves are at least in the conversation to uh make a run and at least frighten yeah. uh it's not just going to be a walk in the park for for those three guys um it's uh, I and I I because you look on paper and it's like okay you've got Verlander Cole Grenke lined up for the Astros right. and you look at the you look at the <laughs> right. bullpen of the Yankees and the lineup and you look at the lineup of the Astros that have scored seven hundred and forty six runs in the last four games and it's just it, it's insane but the Braves are doing the same sort of thing they're running through teams that they shouldn't be able to beat the way they're yeah. beating. I agree with that. And yeah. and and realistically, the Yankees rotation kind of sucks. I mean, yeah. the Braves are clearly better rotation wise. Yeah. You know, and the parts are greater than the sum in some cases. The I think the Braves are balanced, really balanced. Uh, 
the Astros still to me are the team, the best team. Mm-hmm. And the Dodgers lineup is right there with the Braves and the top of the Dodgers rotation. But I think with Ryu coming back to earth, you know, I mean, he's really kind of sputtered in his last few starts. Yeah. I think that changes things too. They're not clearly as superior as they, they previously were when their rotation was just, you looked at those three and went, wow. You well, know, they had like Hill. The are now. They had Hill and you know Walker Bueller and Kershaw. Yeah. So, and I don't know. I mean, I think is Hill still hurt, or is he coming back, or what's the word with him? He's coming back. He's. I don't think he's back yet. Maybe right. One but, more. So he's but speaking, they got Bueller and Kershaw. You know. But then you've really... also got. Look, I mean, you look at us. We got Nick Markakis coming back this week potentially. Like, yep. Could you imagine yep. just plonking him in that lineup? You shitting me? Yeah. Well. Can you imagine them going? So I guess you answered my question. Can you imagine them going to a tailspin and not clinching uh, until that last road trip? Because I, I, I had this thought of them, how anticlimactic it would be for the Braves to clinch during a two-game series, September 24th and 25th at Kansas City. Oh, yuck. Right. That's yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> With the 8,000 people in the stands, if that. Yeah. A that clinch was, is a clinch, but just, uh, I mean, yes. you want to do it at home. Yeah, yeah you don't want that. <laughs> Ideally, you want it at home or at Nationals Park at the end of this road trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be cool too. You just, I think, you, for me, I always wanted it to be on a non-getaway day, so you could actually go out with the guys yeah. after you clinch, and then that next day yeah. is just a shit show yeah. at the field. Nobody even cares, you know. It's just, it's all locked up. You play the B squad. Everybody's hungover. <laughs> those days are fun. They are fun, but we, but we end up pitching in those games though. Yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, put up a. I'm. I think I got a zero ERA hungover in my career. So I mean, you just you get out there, takes your mind off things. You're trying not to throw up. It's easy to throw strikes. <laughs> they need to get past that in a hurry, though, because they actually do need to play for this home field advantage. I don't know? think they so, Brian. Do the whole. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think if if uh, if the Nationals end up winning that wild card, if they can somehow avoid playing the Nationals in a in a short series, I'd rather do that. I'd rather see who's coming out of the other. The other divisions because it'll uh-huh. be the Dodgers versus the winner of the wild card. Right? not the Cardinals, so that's Cardinals true. are death, that's man. True. I, I hate the Cardinals. Yeah. Cardinals that's tough team. matchup, man. They're just. A tough I think they're matchup. just. Man, they knocked us out a few years. I got bad taste in my mouth when I think of the Cardinals. I'd it's, rather play anybody else. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I'm not on the team be, though, so it doesn't really matter what I'd like. This would be a good point uh, to recall that the Braves lost at least 90 games in a row, uh, 90 games for three straight seasons before reversing that last year when they ended the rebuild in rather succinct fashion by winning the East a year or two before anyone really predicted that the the rebuild would be over before they thought the Braves would be contenders again. So it's easy to forget that because now they seem like they're kind of established again back being the Braves, here they are about to win a second straight title. But this is – a lot of people thought that the rebuild was going to take five years. Yeah. You know, it has in, in other cases in the past with other teams like the Astros. Well, I just feel like the Braves have hit – Shit, the Mariners have been rebuilding since I was there. <laughs> it's, it, sometimes it takes forever. You know, it's like yeah, you got to yeah, get these things really, right. Really they're really lucky they did. The Mariners it could be worse. You could be in, in there. the Detroit Tigers situations where you've got no prospects and you've still got Miguel Cabrera's contract and you're sitting there going, what are we going to do as a team? I mean yeah. – but you look at the yeah. – Braves this year and what's impressive is that they haven't exactly just had a smooth run you know there's been Mark fulton was supposed no. to get the gun and yeah. he's in triple A you're like well, yeah. and then you got two guys you got two guys at the back of the bullpen they're supposed to be closers in Minter and Viscaino and neither one of those guys had any kind of yeah. impact at all 
and then you yeah. get Nick going down with an injury. It's like it's, if anything was going to derail this team, it, it was the amount of things that went wrong this year, but they've managed to have yeah. 90 wins in the second week of freaking September. It's uh, it's insane. Are you with it's us? Uh, are you with us, Moylo, in that uh, Snicker can't really be uh, – it can't be overstated how, how – perfect he's been kind of for this team to help get him through that uh, in addition to the veteran leadership of guys like freddie freeman and nick well, and obviously keiko coming on board anyone who's had B-Mac, anything to do with B-Mac, Snit B-Mac. knows that that well, i mean snit's a huge part of this but then, then you look around the league and those guys that have been sort of plonked in as the the uh the, the yeah. puppet from the front office manager style like a like yeah. a, a, a gabe kepler or Kapler. Yeah, these sorts of guys that are just sort of just adhering to whatever the front office wants them to do, and, they've, and they're not having the impact because they're just relying strictly on the computer game numbers, and they're not they're not going with any kind of feel. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. It's anyway. a balance. It's a balance. There's got to exactly. be balance. I, I agree. And you know, we talked about last time how you know for a manager, um, managing the clubhouse is is every bit as important as crunching any kind of numbers or or making what moves you make. You know, it's it's hard to manage a bullpen, but. You know, the rest of it's just managing the ups and downs and helping your guys through it and being kind of a strong uh, a leader for everybody to look to. You know, even yeah. when they went to Colorado and everybody's bitching about the the flight and the trip and everything, Snitch just said, you know, I rode buses for 30 years. I don't give a shit. And that's <laughs> yeah. the end of it. You know, if he's not complaining, nobody's going to complain. So, I mean, that, that vibe that he sets kind of just filters all the way down. That's what I think, at least. Yeah. And then – me too. Uh, and then the moves that Antopoulos has made the offseason and during the season. Genius. He's always been careful to bring in the right guys, maybe not necessarily the most talented guys or the absolute best guys, but the guys that will fit this system and the fit this clubhouse. Because they got a clubhouse that, I mean, I go through every, every day and I'm always amazed at the, at the lack of – obvious infighting or finger pointing or rolling of the eyes, you know, after a bad loss, you know, it's just not any of that. And I contrast that with what goes on in other places, Mm. like with, at, with the Mets earlier this season and with the Phillies seemingly always, there's just always this, some kind of tension there. And, and, and I look at, I look at, you know, they go out and spend over 300 million on Bryce Harper, you know, and they build everything around him and, and bring him in and all that. And, I'm looking at it now, and 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 realistically, you could argue that Bryce Harper is not one of the best five or six players in the National League East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can definitely I mean, argue that. I mean, it's, and they've built around him for more than a decade. Not, uh, I mean, he might not Don, be one of the ten best position players in the National and League. And here, yeah. here lies the issue I mean, with with the current state of free agency, Dave. Is that you know you you're always going to have these guys that are superstars that are going to get paid. And are never going to yeah. live up to their contracts, and then you're always going to have these young guys that sign deals like Acuna and Albies, and you can say, well, we've got Acuna yeah. and Albies for 18 years for the half the price that they've got Harper for 12 or whatever it is. But yeah, but you know, in in all reality, he earned the money that yeah. he got based on what he'd done. Oh, he did, and he did. and I don't think you're going to. Unfortunately, you're not going to see. Not blaming him at all. You're not going to see contracts like, like his much more just because of that pure fact you're going to have a lot of contracts in the in the two and three years for 60 and 90 million you know that's right. it's going to be absurd yeah. right aav numbers but high yeah. AAVs. but yeah um yeah donaldson will be a good exactly. example exactly i don't know is. and you you made a good point the other day on twitter over you were like you know this is maybe his last chance to get to cash in on a big contract so it's you yeah. know two years 50 or yeah. 60 
might not get it done, a three-year 80 or 90, which is, is just those words coming out of my mouth is absurd, yeah. but three years, 90 mil might be but it. But five years ago, he would have got five yeah. years. Five years ago, he would have oh, got absolutely. five years. Yeah, you know, and they five years said, ago, well, it would have been nothing to give a 33-year-old guy a five-year yeah. contract. It happened all the time back then. Yeah, but, so I don't know. It, however it changes, who, you know, it's going to have to start paying the young players better, too. Who do you, who do you want for the next uh, two years, even three years? Josh Donaldson, Donaldson or Bryce Harper? Donaldson, no question. Yeah. yeah. There's no question to me. Yeah, but I wanted that anyway, regardless of contract or, or you know, the pay status or whatever it is. And you the know, intangibles that's just, and all that. Yeah. Yeah, you look at the player for me, I want I want Donaldson. With his defense okay, well, at third, too. Let, let me ask you this question. If Donaldson didn't get as hot as he is right now and he continued to be the Donaldson from one month into the season, then what would you say? Would it be with all the – because he's a confident man and – he brings he brings like this this swagginess about him, and it's just yeah, I, I love it. I, I still think, want him I on my Harper, team. Me too, a hundred percent, because he looks like he'd run through a brick wall for you. He would, but, and he yeah. was still we, playing we great defense even in the first month. Yeah, when he wasn't hitting, getting hits, hits to fall. We talked about knew. that a lot early on. You know, his whole you, you just deal as a teammate. You just deal with all his shit he's doing every day because yeah. you know when the bell rings, who's showing up at at seven ten. You know, you know, you know what you're getting out of him. I thought Max Fried's quote the other day, and and to answer your question, I mean, if he'd have kept play, hitting like he did the first month, that's a different story because he was hitting, you know, he wasn't doing much, and he said it himself, I wasn't playing well. But uh, but I, Max Fried, uh, a couple of days ago, after Max had a big uh, another big start, he said that Josh Donaldson has been, he comes to the field with a mind, he's a winner, and he comes to the field with a mindset of we're going to win. And he said it rubs off on everybody. And he just, and to me, that just said so much about what he's meant to this team and how important it is to re-sign him. When a guy like Max Freed is talking about, A, the plays he's made behind him. He said he's been unbelievable defensively. But just like you said, the swag that he brings, the attitude that he brings in a good way. But it's the yeah. arrogance that rubs off well on other guys and gives them exactly. confidence. Like, we're badasses, man. We're bad. Yeah. We're not. Screw the Yankees, the Dodgers. We're the Braves, and we can beat anybody. And they, yeah. it just he brings that air about him. Those are the main things you learn from you know watching veterans go through the ups and downs of a season, though, is just how they can get their ass kicked and still show up ready to play the next day. Um, those are like the biggest challenges as a young player. You know, you can hold on to a bad outing the night before, going zero for four with three punch outs. You watch these veterans do it, how they handle yeah. it. You know that stuff's contagious. He can go zero for four, and he shows up the next day. He's in the in the cage raking at 130 ready to roll he's got his music on he's locked in he's already turned the page and he's moved on to this next game that that type of stuff's contagious and that's that's kind of you know a lot of times as a young guy you you learn from their example more than what you know what they're saying out loud you yeah. watch them work and everything they do you watch a yeah, guy like, like donnie work man right you watch marcakis work and you know what i'm gonna shut up and do my he job too. Shit, you know, you know? Yeah. if your veterans are walking around bitching about stuff and you know then that yeah. gets contagious and that goes downhill so i mean it all starts kind of at the top with your vets and, and the vibe you set in the clubhouse he sets a good one sure does yeah. yeah he's a great compliment to the guys they have too that are like uh nice guy freddie great leader but a different type guy mark is quiet stoic you know he's just kind of a great contrast to those guys it's like the it's like uh uh uh, and, and when they signed him in January, Dansby said he's going to be. I, I, people said, "What about the flamboyance, the bat flips, and all that?" He goes, "I love it." He goes, "He's different than what we have here, and we need that. We need to have different type guys." It's so How true, about if he was running around with that umbrella in April after his first? <laughs> he did that last night here in Philly. 
They I did know. that here in Philly last night. I fucking oh, loved man. it, man. This is the dumbest shit I've ever awesome. seen. It's the best dumbest shit. Yeah, it's the best dumbest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> to do it in Philly of all places, that the, the Philly people did. Some people in the, the brace fans in the crowd actually brought umbrellas last night. The Philly fans didn't like that. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, what's the what's the pitching equivalent of having a celebration like that? Oh, can you think of anything that we could do or could have done back in the day that could have even been close to something like that? Ah, uh, like the, if Mariana Vera just pulled out a pillow and took a nap, right. <laughs> the Sandman just, just went down, to sleep out there. Just you guys are just jogged like, off just the field, just laid down. <laughs> and somebody, one of the, one of the players, one of his teammates, had to come over and kind of wake him up. Mario, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've done I it remember again. the You've got your seven hundredth save. Yeah, that thing Prince Fielder did, I don't know, 10 years ago, where he jumped oh, on the plate. Oh, that was awesome. I mean, the bowling pin things. Yeah, but imagine, was. you know. That's how much that the game's was, changed where that was a big deal and people cared. Oh, now we're huge. Yeah. running around. It's raining in the dugout. Nobody even gives a <laughs> shit. But uh, that's just, you know, that's how the times change. And you just kind of, uh, you know, you figure out what matters to your team and what's acceptable amongst your group. And if the other team doesn't like it, you know, who cares? Hey, kudos to Snit because it goes yeah. against everything Snit has stood for his whole career. But he has – he knows – that the positives outweigh any negatives and there's no yep. reason for him to go, we're not fucking doing that shit. Instead, he's just kind of yeah. smiling, grinning and bearing it going. It's like you said, it's the stupidest shit ever, but you guys love it. So keep doing it. It's all right. You know, it's I just, think it's pretty cool that he's you got without change. losing. Well, he's not losing it's the not, team or any discipline or anything no. by allowing him to do it. If they he said like to stop, they'd stop tonight. You know, if, yeah, if they he would. said yeah. that. And he knows that, but it's just the But nothing would be doing. gained by doing it, you know? I no, think he's weighed it in his head and gone. Ah, whatever. Whatever. It's not just not the product important. in the field that's changed, though. It's the mindset of the front office, too. Like, they look down and they see it having fun, and they look around the league, and they see these young guys playing. And, you know, back in the day when we first came up, it was – Wear your hat forward. Don't put sunglasses on your hat. Wear your yep. uniform the right way. Black cleats only. Suit and tie on the road. Pants and slacks everywhere yeah. on the road, even if you're going to get a coffee in the morning. Like, it was different. It was the Braves way, and we, and we respected it. We yeah. didn't like it, but we respected it, and we did it. But I think they've loosened up a little bit too. You know, like, John Sherholtz is getting older, and, and you know, I saw him the other day, and he he's he's having the time of his life right now. He's he's enjoying yeah. watching the success that the team's having. Yeah. It's it's contagious. It's it's uh, It's a good feeling. Yeah, you're not doing that umbrella if you're in last place either. You know, it's no, yeah, that's true. Puts a good taste I'll, in your mouth. I'll do respect. Yeah. If Sherholtz was still the GM, they would not be doing the umbrella thing. He would have put a stop to that on day one. Even now, you think? Yeah, probably. I think even now because right. he put a stop. Uh, who was it that had uh, uh, God that wore? Oh, I had, had the stirrup showing. Had the stirrup <laughs> uh, showing okay. a few years ago. Jenkins showed this. Yeah. Uh, had his stirrups p- pitching with a stirrup. Looked great. Looked like a, a throw, total throwback. They put the kibosh on it after one start. He had to put the and that was like traditional looking, but it looked different than the other guys on the team. So they didn't allow him to right. keep doing it. So you know. Yeah, that stuff's all kind of changed. I mean, as yeah. as players, you know, when we had to. The toughest thing coming over to the Braves was having to wear slacks at all times. You know, as you oh, go to get a coffee. In the heat. You go, if you just, 8 a.m., you just want to get some breakfast, you have to put on slacks and iron a shirt. And I was so bad at, you know, putting those clothes on and putting those outfits together. I always felt like I was trying to get a job, you know. I always felt like an intern or something, you know. And you kind of, you'd run into a real businessman in the elevator and they just look down on you like, yeah, this dipshit. This dipshit's definitely an intern. Nice suit. Why don't you grab me a coffee too? You know, it kind of felt like that. 
But at the same time, it was Bobby Cox's rule. So I'm right. putting that on every time. You know, you didn't love it, but you did whatever Bobby said. If he told me to put on a penguin suit to come to the field, I would have done that too. Just, <laughs> Which you know, I did in Colorado. Remember that? You, no. Like, you you? That my, yeah, my rookie year, they dressed me up as a penguin. <laughs> You'd make but a it nice was penguin. nice because we were leaving Colorado. It was freezing. It was September. So I, all these guys are wearing like mini skirts and bras, and I'm in a full foam <laughs> penguin suit. Nailing it. You saw so the. Warm. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Hey, I, but I think of just, rules, just wanna... Sorry, Obi, I'll just go back go real ahead. quick. I remember, I remember, uh, I don't know whether it was 07 or one of the years where. I'd had a you know I'd had a good run and and the, gradually the the sleeve length of my undershirt would get shorter yeah. and shorter and crept up my arm to it was about halfway <laughs> up my forearm and then of I had a tattoos. couple of bad outings I had a couple of bad outings in a row and all of a sudden the message came yeah. down from above that I've got to start wearing sleeves together yeah. like, oh man it's always uh, cute when you're pitching well you start giving it up right. and you clean that haircut up you know <laughs> we don't want to see tattoos, your tats tuck when you're chain sucking, in. dude. Yeah, Yo, no one man. wants to see your bullshit when you suck. It's not cute. <laughs> <laughs> Cover those tats up, asshole. Just last last word on the umbrella thing. I think that uh, I think what separates it or maybe makes it okay is it is as Donaldson said. You know, because he even he was a little uncomfortable with all the stuff that maybe some of the bullpen guys wanted to add to it. But as he said, as long as we're not disrespecting the other team, and I don't think they are doing any disrespect to the other team by doing in this in the dugout. They're not right. doing it out on the field, you know, running out there with an umbrella and all that shit. So right. I think maybe that's where they haven't crossed that line yet, and I think it's okay. I haven't heard other teams say that's bullshit or whatever, you know, okay. or throw at them because of it. It's kind of borderline, but if you have to fight, then you have to fight. You know, that's part of being yeah. a team too, whatever. Yeah. I don't you know, think anybody's going just... to fuck with Josh and throw at him because of it. If they do, he'd probably no. like it. Yeah, he'd probably he's always in. Just squeeze one of his calf muscles between this he's he's got calves, man. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, he does. Calfzilla, uh, dude. He's amazing. Yeah. 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 Those are like Mark Pryor's the only guy I've ever seen with calves like that. My God. Medlin, Medlin and Phil Mickelson. <laughs> Mickelson, huh? Mickelson's got dude, look it up right now. Look it up. Okay. Impressive. Actually, Mad. I think they have their own he's Instagram wearing pants. Account. His calves do, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, but they right. they've they've loosened the rules in the golf course too. The, you're allowed to you're allowed to wear shorts during practice rounds and stuff like that now too. So you get to see his calves more. That's why it's only just come out. Jesus, his yeah. calves are jacked. Yeah, does he just do a ton of raises? Huh? Can he jump Speaking on it? Does anybody know what his vert is? <laughs> uh, no. Speaking of too much too much exposure, what did you think of the uh, interview, the post game interview last week that Alonzo did with the Mets with no shirt? How about that? I thought it took thought it took a lot of courage. I like big natties. Um, Did you? Yeah, I thought it. Did you think? uh, I thought. I I mean, (laughs) he's. I guess he's a forty year old. I guess he's a twenty year old trapped in a forty year old's body. That's what I was trying to say. Um, but I'll tell you what, man. That's not what I expected. I expected a little more impressive physique, to be honest. No, you've seen enough uh, baseball bodies, Dave. The the best baseball bodies are usually the guy with the six packs, the worst player on the team. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's but man boobs, man. I didn't expect that. Yeah, he's throwing some moves out there for sure. You said that, Dave, not me. (laughs) He probably wears a compression shirt, you know, contain it during the game. Don't we all? But it, it's, yeah. <laughs> you you don't have to anymore, Moilo. All that weight no, loss. You look great yeah. these days. Yeah. 
I've, I've been hey, known to wear 50 homers, man. I've been known to wear a goodle. Teammates a, a love the chubby guy that can embrace yeah. his body, though. The guy that it's you know like that Burt Kirshner dude, dude that God, does his whole comedy show with his shirt off. You know, guys, if you can be funny and take your shirt off and just embrace your bad body, your teammates love you. You know, Look, it's like. Yeah, especially when you hit 50 bombs like Alonzo's going to do. Jesus, yeah. dude can rake. If, if you're Jordan Schaefer walking the around the clubhouse with your shirt off and a 12-pack, everyone's <laughs> going to tell you to fuck off. You know, you got to start getting some hits before you do that. Listen, if Tom- had another guy like that a couple years ago, a relief pitcher. He walked around naked all the time. Dude, he Who's didn't that? last very long. I, and I'm not going to mention his name. I don't, I don't it me. think who it is. Uh, it wasn't Moylan. It was not Moylan. Hey, hey, hey. hey. A few. Look, Todd Coffey was celebrated from bouncing his tits off his chin when he ran in for five years from in Milwaukee. So he, that's that's Because he beautiful. got out. That's beautiful. How about Real Muto's reaction the other day when the, when the reliever sprinted in for the oh, Marlins? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we talked about eyes. that. He said, here we go again with this shit. <laughs> that's... <laughs> I, you know, I know Hughes, and I think he does that to kind of up the ante and put some pressure on himself. But I remember we were talking about a couple episodes ago when you're jogging in the into the field. You know, you're jogging onto the field as a reliever, and you feel that vibe from a second baseman or shortstop. Like, oh shit, yeah. why is this guy coming in the Here game? Here we go. You are giving it up. Yep. You're giving it up 99 percent of the time. I got a few. And so. It, 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 he felt it. He felt that vibe. He gave up a three run homer, like the second or third pitch to that that at bat. That was a- he was exhausted, man. He was breathing. They showed him he was literally breathing hard after sprinting. That was a running yeah, joke. He's, he's got that was a running joke between me and Freddie last year. Is that every time I threw a scoreless inning, I felt like I did enough to stay on the team for another week. But every time I gave it up, he'd be like, <laughs> be like, oh, heads up, Snip might be tapping on the shoulder here in a minute. <laughs> Uh, Shit, I knew when my time was up, man. I knew I was walking off the field. I'd just given up like eight to the Mets for the third time that year. It just I told myself, you soak this in, buddy. It's yeah. your last look from from this vantage point. Sure enough, I got in the clubhouse. It was, hey, uh, you can go to Snit's office <laughs> just for a minute. Just, <laughs> just go yeah. check in with Snit real long. quick, bud. Yeah. Jim Leland had uh, John Cangelosi on food. the Marlins. Had John Cangelosi at the end of his career. <laughs> and Kanji's whole thing was his speed. You know, he was a little quick dude. And, and at the end of his career, he wasn't fast anymore. And he couldn't do much of anything anymore. And, and, and Leland had had him for most of his career. And he had him with the Marlins. And Leland carried him. And Leland told him, he said, Kanji, when you get on the plane, put your head down. Walk by the GM because I can't justify having you on the team. <laughs> and, he said, and he said, I'm gonna, he told us, I'm gonna carry you to the Oscar break and get your pension, then you're on your own. <laughs> well, that was he, the stuff they did. Said, yeah, sadly, that's how it ends said, for a lot of us, man. We he don't said, get, if you get three tour. hits. If you get three hits, introduce yourself to the GM, all right? <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> Most of us, that's how we go out. Yeah. My, my question uh, for you guys, given uh, Fulte's, getting back to this current Braves team, Jeez. given Fulte's significant recent improvement since he got back from uh, his demotion to AAA and the slider being back where it is, has his uh, has Freed's emergence, Max Freed as a top-of-the-rotation playoff-type pitcher with elite and really kind of, for 2019, unique stuff, that, that hammer of a curve and upper 90s uh, heat from the left side, have – have the Braves with if Fulte is for real again, and obviously with Soroka and with Keiko pitching is you know like Keiko again. Don't forget Julio. Have the Braves become and Julio, steady Julio? Have they been become what we we 
we, we mentioned this early, a legit contender for L.A. Strone as the kings of the NL? Or, or is that getting a little early to start that until the Braves win a playoff series? I, I yeah. think you got I a think, lot of guys yeah. that need to repeat. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, they, they still don't want a playoff series since 2001. Yeah. Starting a conversation, really though. Staggering. And, you know, you got a lot of guys that need to back it up next year to be, you know, if you're talking about just this is the powerhouse in the National League and you're trying to take that from the Dodgers, yeah. you just got Three a lot of guys that need to prove Dodgers, it. Yeah. You know, because yeah. like Ryu's been doing that for five years. Their lineup's been what it is for however many years. Kershaw's been him. Bueller's pretty good prospect. Uh, they look great. You know, that organization's at, at peak organization status right now, yeah. but. You know, you're creeping into that territory for sure with, with well, all the talent. It's like what Moilo said, too. The Braves are doing this while plugging holes at several right. spots. And while yeah. lineup regulars, like uh, they were without Dan's before a month, they'd been without Mark Kakis for a couple of months, without their three time gold glove center fielder for twice this year for IL stints. So, I mean, they've, but so they've the done Dodgers. this. The Dodgers have been plugging in Max Muncy out of nowhere, things like that. You know, it's right, that's what the right. good organizations do. Oh, yeah. You just, good organizations you just, have that depth, and that's what's different yeah. about this Brace team than it was exactly. in the last 15 years or so when they skimped and didn't spend money on depth. I agree. So The other impressive thing the, is uh, they've got 90 wins, and they're playing in a division where four teams are trying to compete, whereas you've got three other divisions where yeah. there's actually one or two teams that are actually giving a shit. So. They're, they're yeah. having to go against every series yeah. as opposed to some of these other clowns that are yeah. just getting to roll over teams. There's only one bad team in the division, and the yeah. East really bad. The Marlins, obviously. Exactly. But uh, you, you're right. And they played the Dodgers great got? against the, the Dodgers teams got the, the Giants. Colorado. The Giants aren't, weren't Colorado. Colorado could lose 100 but games. Colorado, Diamondbacks are like, playing well. Diamondbacks I, and the Padres have been pretty good this year. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Diamondbacks have been good, actually. You're right. It's not a walk in the park, but I think the East is tougher. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they've done this, and they, and not only have they continued, you know, for a while the Braves were playing 500 ball, but now they're back playing, you know, like you just said, they've won 18 out of 21, and they've done it without Marcakis. I mean, and people may downplay what Marcakis does, but as Freddie said, when you put Marcakis in that fifth spot, you know what you're getting every night from him, the, the professional at bats every night, but then you drop McCann down a spot in the order, and the whole order just becomes so much deeper, man. Yeah, it's like when you add those arms to the bullpen, everybody's roles go down a little bit, you take yeah. a little bit of pressure off everyone, yeah. and... Um, yeah, this is this is a really exciting unit, um, and you know I know we're probably getting ahead of ourselves, but when you look at the first round of the playoffs and the three or four starters that you're going to use, I, I mean, I, I'd like yeah. to maybe the way Fulty's throwing right now. I don't. I mean, if he doesn't make one of those spots, he could be a weapon out of the bullpen. He wants it, yeah, but he wants it exactly. Oh, yeah. You could see like last night. I don't. I sent him a text this morning. He hasn't responded. I hope he's asleep. I thought he's just been a dick, but. Um, he was uh, he was so calm <laughs> last night. Like he was, it was a different yeah. faulty. And I know yeah. he got through the first three innings, yeah. four innings hitless or whatever it was. But you know, it, normally there's that little bit of like if he doesn't get a call, the yeah. shoulders drop. And it, but I didn't see any yeah. of that last night. I saw a completely different Mike Fulton average, and, and it was uh, it was encouraging. Yeah, getting sit down was the best thing that could have happened to him. I think. Mm. Yeah, that was a big step for him. I mean, you That's know, dropping up. all That's that. That's a wake-up call. Yeah, sometimes you need that. But I think the other big difference is he's throwing that backdoor two-seamer. Mm. He's learned how to he's learned how to place his two-seamer. That's been a game-changer for him. Mm-hmm. How about the but, curveball, too? I mean, it's, now he's yeah. fastball, slider, and curve. And, and, and the the two-seamer for me is just a sign that he's really learning how to pitch. You know, you. He's learning how yeah. to get strikes on takes, too, yeah. and, and, and run it in under guys' hands. 
Uh, it, this guy learns how to really, really pitch, and he's still throwing ninety five, ninety six. I mean, you, yeah, you know that's the difference between him and an ace. And it's he's got the potential to be an ace with his stuff. You know, he's just he's got to keep learning and maturing. But I know he's got a chip on his shoulder about his uh, playoff start last year, and he wants to he wants to go out there and prove yep. it. So you don't know how he's going to finish, but I, I think he'll probably finish pretty strong and, and hungry yep. too. Yeah, I think it remains to be seen the next few Good. weeks what you're going to do with your playoff rotation. What? Good starting pitching is contagious too. You look at these guys; they're rolling right now. No one oh, wants yeah. to be the one that set the bar high. And I mean, the, the yeah, only guy said that the only guy that's had a kind of bad start was was a guy you wouldn't expect it from, and that's Mike Soroka. And it wasn't that yeah. bad; it was just wasn't typical Mike Soroka. Yeah. That's my next question: was how much does Mike Soroka's recent mortal performances concern you? He's given up five homers in eleven innings over his last two starts. After giving up, and this is remarkable, nine homers in his previous twenty-nine career starts, one hundred and seventy-three innings, nine. I think five in the last eleven innings. I think a lot of it's fatigue. Um, he, yeah, this is yeah, the most innings. I don't want to say. I wanted to ask you. <laughs> this is a lot of. I agree. What I wanted to ask you. The most. It looked like a fatigue thrown. start. Yeah. Left it looked like up. fatigue. You know, it's five over yeah, his previous. Up in high. the zone, slider was hanging a little bit. The homers are a good kind of indicator. But you know, if you suck in April, it's you just suck. And he could have just sucked in September. It could have just been a bad couple starts. He could just be off a little bit. But when you're a young guy, man, every time um, the fear is going to be that it's fatigue. And and yeah. you know, being up in the zone, he was a little flatter. He hung some sliders. I mean, just stuff you're not used to seeing out of him. Right. Uh, it makes you think that. But you know, luckily the Braves are in control. Um, if they, if they really think it's fatigue, they you know, could, with this big cushion, you can push him back start. a start, skip yeah. a start, have him go a seventy-five pitch start, have him throw a three-inning start, whatever you want to do, and you can you can kind of you know because when you're fatigued, your first full season, you don't even know you're tired. Nah. You're just hanging stuff, and you can't figure out what's wrong. Just, Shit, I'm doing the same thing. Everything feels fine, and the ball's just up in the zone, and yeah. so he might not even know he's tired. But if you're kind of guessing on that, you can push him back or. Or, you know, skip a start and just see how he responds to it. And if he's lights out after that, then you say, okay, we're going to keep him to 70 pitches until the playoffs. Or, you know, you figure out how to manage it. And they're lucky to have that luxury with the with the big cushion. I Imagine thought- if he's pitching like he was for most of the season and with Keiko pitching the way he is now and Max Freed pitching. If you had those three, if oh, you could trouble. get those three going, you could compete with anybody then. Yeah. And I think they know that. You know, I think they, they're aware of that and just have yeah. to figure out how to kind of yeah. manage it. I, I thought when he struggled early, uh, his recent start, I thought that might have been the time when they were going to give him a bit of a, a shorter start and then let the bullpen come in. But yeah. uh, he actually he actually looked a lot better in the last four innings in his last start. So maybe he found something. Maybe yeah, first just, inning's been a problem for him sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, as you said, oh, it's yeah, not so- like you know you're fatigued because the velocity's still there. It's no, just, you're not. You're not hitting your spots and you're leaving everything up. It's just not quite as crisp, and that little difference can, you know, that can be a huge difference in in the major leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the Grande Ligas, four. Yeah, in the Grande Ligas, it'll cost you <laughs> every time. Being a little flat, you know that. Well you, aware. You've learned that. Well aware. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned that lesson a few times. He looked like a he looked like a top three Cy Young guy to me for twenty four starts two four two four four ERA five ninety seven opponents OPS for twenty four starts. Last two starts, five seven three ERA, nine ninety four opponents. I know it's just two starts. One was at Toronto, and then last week against the Nationals. Um, but he had never given up more than one homer in a major league game before this month. Right. Now he's given up 
multiples in back to back. So it'll be fine. You'd hate to see it for him if it's fatigue, because I mean, I don't know. Can he get it back yes. if it's fatigue? Can you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I remember my first uh, even pro ball season. Man, I I finished in. They called me up to like low A or something to finish the year. I was wow. going to go to Instructs, and my arm was dead at the end of the, the pro ball season because I was used to a high school season. You know, you throw to June, and then you're done. You play some summer ball or whatever. Uh, my arm was gassed. I had nothing. I was 88, 89. I went home and just ate pasta. I mean, that was the other thing. I did just feed him some pasta for like three weeks. But I went home and <laughs> ate, ate pasta for like you know two weeks. I put on 10 pounds and came back throwing 93, 94 again just from that little two-week break. So if they manage it well, there's – you know, it's not like – that that fatigue isn't it, it it's not permanent you know you don't need 4 months to recover from it he could just use you know 2 weeks of of lighter throwing and and you know not going deeper into games and and see what happens but that's as a that's as an organization where you know that's what they got to be good at and they got to figure out is how to handle it and manage it and i think they've had that idea all year long but yeah, you just got to kind of you know you got to make it's it's kind of a tough call cuz you don't want to just rest him a ton and then he goes into playoffs and he's right. sloppy but you definitely want him fresh i think we're getting to the point now Choosing, september send him back to canada <laughs> yeah. poutine we're in september now so it's getting yeah. close to crunch time so uh you know the thing that yeah. the, the dodgers do so well tough. is they they put these guys on a 10 day dl for a stint throughout the year to give them a little bit of a yeah. break and then they manage their roster really well and alex was over there so he knows he knows the tricks and he knows what what to do. I think I think he's he's well on top of it. It's it's weird because Ryu and Soroka, along with Scherzer, were the two all year that you know going for the ERA title and all that. And now both of them have kind of sputtered here in September. And of course, Scherzer just came off his second IL stint, so it's a long season. Do uh, you think anybody's ever? Uh, it probably has happened, but two IL stints and one a Cy Young. Because Scherzer might very well do that. Uh, I don't know. When it was 15 games, it's a little harder. But it's, yeah. I don't even. Yeah, that's true. Probably not, man. Because a Cy Young <laughs> used to be about innings. Yeah. You yeah. know, you had to you had to pile up those innings and wins and stuff. It's it's different. We judge it completely different now. But I mean, if Scherzer wins it, I don't think anyone can complain, no, even if he was complain. on. There's can't say shit. There's no real standout Dude's though. Nasty. I mean, you've got. I think it's still going to be Degrom too, but. Like it's just there's not like someone's race, and even in the American yeah. League, it's it's like you can't even tell. Everything's everyone's hitting homers, everyone's striking oh, everyone out. Man. It's like it's it's crazy. It's harder to judge this game it is. today. How about yeah, it is. How about Verlander? He's like he's like it's it's it, it, to him it's still 1990. He's already got 200 innings. That dude just yeah. like keeps keeps going. He's not he doesn't care if the game's changed. He's doing the same thing he's always done. Well, what he's 30, always done is throw 97 with disgusting off speeds. I mean, he's, he's off like to a good start. He's like 36 years old. He's like 36 but, and, and throwing, you know, 200, he's going to have 230 innings and have Kate Upton at home. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just, uh, I might say that. Um, <laughs> Big Matt is. Yeah. Like Pete Alonzo. Oh, hey, um, So, you know, like with him, you know, we, we talk about all the time, though, that players are way better in today's game at, at taking care of themselves. And he was done three, four, five years ago. People were writing yep. him off and his shoulder. and He was picked up on I, waivers. It's really hard, and it's going to be really <laughs> interesting to watch all these guys go through their careers now with, with everything that's available at their disposal. You know, that the strength coaches, the healthy yeah. eating, the chiropractors, all the cupping and you know scraping and different recovery tactics they have. There's hyperbaric chambers in almost every clubhouse. Stem cell, PRP. There's so much shit you can do to, to stay healthy now. 
Um, I think a lot of guys might wind up in that Verlander path where if they take care of their bodies, they're still effective into their mid-late 30s. It's not easy to do, but I think a lot of Especially more guys are going to be able to do it. And they're only having to pitch 170 innings a year. Yeah. I don't know if that even helps, man, to be honest. It doesn't help the bullpen. Yeah. You were talking about uh, Soroka <laughs> at being at his, uh, at his career high. for. I mean, there's obvious reasons why he would be fatigued. He was shut. People forget he was shut down last year in July. He didn't. Yeah. He wasn't. He didn't pitch again until instructional league in just a few games then. But and then his all his minor league seasons, he was already done by now. So, yep. This is a guy that before this season, uh, 150 trainings was his was his max. Right. Yeah. Right. In 26 starts in Double A in 2017, he's already pitched yeah. 158 and at a little bit different uh, intensity too. I would say. Yeah. That's what we're talking yeah, about, a, though. You don't, you know, it's just he doesn't know. You know, who knows if he's tired or not, or if it's just a bad start. You know, last just, year, fifty-six innings total before he was shut down. He's probably tired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you got to you got to figure yeah. out how to manage it. And you know, he's twenty-one years old. Twenty-one. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but twenty-one-year-olds <laughs> got all kinds of healthy hormones pumping through their body. Try doing it at thirty-three. Everything's Speaking falling of off. ridiculous twenty-one-year-olds. I mean, Jesus, man, Acuna. Just when you think, okay, the kid's finally come back to Earth. Now he's back to nah. being a He won't ever come back down to Earth. <laughs> no. No. Won't. That ball he hit last night was a good sign, too. You know, hitting a, a yeah. fastball up. Because he's been, he's been a little late and missing yeah. fastballs, you know, hittable fastballs for a couple weeks. But Last few that, games, man, he's really looked a lot better. They got three guys getting to 40, I'm calling it. How about that? That's pretty cool. That's cool. I'm not really yeah. going out on a limb there. They're all like one or two away, but. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think they're going to get there. That's 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 pretty crazy. I don't know if it's well, the balls Josh or what. Well, Josh was the one that for a while he didn't cool. think could do it, but yeah, he's a lot of umbrellas last couple of weeks. <laughs> he's Lots been hot. of umbrellas. Um. Okay. You you uh, alluded to this earlier. I got to ask, who's in a postseason rotation right now, or do you think it's too early because you still got to see what you know Fulte does in these next few weeks, what Soroka does these next few weeks, um. I mean, you got to think, obviously, Freed, Keuchel, and and Soroka, regardless of what Soroka's done lately. Regardless, those three, those three are in it. Yeah. Who's your fourth? Does it depend on matchups? Like last year, Julio would have started if they'd have faced Colorado in the first round, but not Dodgers because he's gotten raked by the Dodgers and especially at Dodger Stadium, so he didn't start. So, does it come down to matchups for who that fourth guy is? How do you keep Julio out of it with the season he's had? You, yeah, it's a great. You question. know what's crazy. Fulte's gave, more of a bullpen type guy, obviously, than Julio. Uh, I don't know. You, you, I think back about the start we gave Freddie Garcia in 2013. Yeah. Everybody thought it was kind of crazy, and yeah. you know, you never know what a veteran great. is yeah. gonna do when that you know when that bell rings for the playoffs. I, I could see Julio just knowing what he's made of. I could see him just having the start of his life and going six or seven, just like Freddie did. Or you know, it's just it depends on. It depends on the matchups, who goes into it hot, yeah. but I wouldn't feel bad about either of those guys, especially the way they've been throwing. It's I, I just kind of play it by ear and see how they how everybody finishes out the season. But so those first three, Soroka, I watched Julio. You want Julio? I was, yeah, just I mean, I just saw him last year struggle through so much and yeah. just you know what he's been able to come back and do this year. Yeah. He was out there throwing with 80, 86 yeah. last yeah. year, <laughs> like just trying to get guys out and. Now I don't know what it is that he's found. But obviously, he's thrown his fastball a lot more now. But he's a gamer. Um, he, he's he looked good. He looked really good against the Nets. It was it was impressive. He's a gamer. You know that that only takes you so far. Yeah. But he's figuring it out. 
after the game last night, Snit said, you know, he was really pleased with Fulton. And all. He still seems like uh, he said, I want to see him do that three or four times in a row, you know, because he was asked, somebody asked, uh, is, is he back to being faulty of last year? And Snit was like, you know, you know, it looks good. I want to see him do three or four of that, those in a row, you know, before he gets, you know, get, makes that statement. So, and I can see that given that's just, faulty. How that's just a typical media, media. That's a typical Dave O'Brien question. Well, I didn't ask it, but it's, thanks. You just, I know, but that's something you would ask. Yeah. It was like, hey, is he back? He's had one start. You know, like, come on, just trying to get, just trying yeah. to get some sound bites for your website. That model's coming at you hot right now. <laughs> I'm not, uh, not going to mention it. You yelled at me in the you yelled at me in the press box the other day. Brian. <laughs> so we're we're going to have a we're going to have it out here in a little bit. We're just going to go to blows. Just Moilo, you know, O'Brien's just got to. Yeah. Moilo cheered in the press box. It's a no no, huh? Yeah, you can't cheer in the press box. So you didn't know that though, did you, Eric? He got I've never he been got up little, there. He got a little caught up in the moment. It was a big big game, and he he, he, he clapped. Actually, he didn't cheer. He clapped. <laughs> can't do that, dude. Chill out, Moilo. Yeah. You're not on the team I anymore. I'm just excited. I'm not on the team. It's bullshit. <laughs> by, <laughs> by the way, the Braves have won 10 straight times in full T started. That streak actually began and went before he we went down to AAA this. So it's kind of like, you know, yeah. But since he got back, uh, you can't really argue with the numbers since he got he looks back. Good. Four four and oh, two nine five ERA and seven starts since he got back. And it's actually the strikeouts are down a little bit, but he seems like he's pitched better when the strikeouts are down a little bit with him. I that mean, two seamer. Well, you pitching. go deeper in the games. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to you work as hard deep in the games when you. Yeah. Last four you games. Early contact. One five two ERA and one eighty one opponents average. That's that's pretty strong stuff there, man. He wasn't throwing that hard last night, was he? No, he was like 93, 94 last night. Yeah, maybe he's really uh, – maybe he's – I mean, that's a big step too if he wasn't – most of the time you see him just let it eat. Um, I saw him placing that yeah. two-seamer. That's that's something that for me when I see him do that, I'm like, uh-oh. You know, if he learns how to really, really pitch like that with his stuff, I mean, you could see something crazy over the next two, three weeks where you are talking about giving him a playoff start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was only a year ago. He was awesome yep. and he earned it. I mean, he pitched his ass off last year. Yeah. Um, another question for you. You guys, pitchers, you guys are the ones to, to ask this. Tyler Flowers leads the majors with 16 pass balls. I haven't checked in a few days, but I think that's still 16. Um, but he also remains one of the best pitch framers in the majors by all the stat casts and metrics and all that. It, this year, he is tied with the Angels' Max Stassi for third best rate in the majors, 53.3% as far as turning non-swing pitches in the so-called shadow zone around the strike zone, turning those into called strikes, 53.3%, mm-hmm. both horizontally and vertically outside the zone. Kevin Plawecki of uh, the Indians, he leads at 54.3%. All right. Really Brian good. McCann, Brian McCann is near the bottom at 44. That's just not his thing. You know, that's not BMAC's thing. Um, StatCast converts strikes to runs saved. They use a complicated formula. Don't ask me how, because I don't know what the hell it is. But it says it includes park and pitcher adjustments. Flowers and Yasmani Grandel, the Brewers, they're tied with the second highest runs saved with 12 for the season. Grandel has caught about 50% more pitches than Flowers. So in that case, Flowers is a lot more impressive there. The only one above them, Austin Hedges got 18 runs saved. My question to you, 
it would seem to me that the run saved this complicated formula far outweighs the ones that are directly allowed by either pass balls or the innings that are extended by pass balls. In other words, yeah, the pass balls suck and, and it's bad, but it seems like his pitch framing more than offsets that. Is that fair? I was going to say, where's the question in this? Holy cow. Um, That's the question okay. right All there. Right. Does it offset it? I, is it good? I, ooh, I, is it okay? Look, it's it, we, you're going to have one with the other as far as him trying to – and it's usually the low pitches that he you – know, Yes. So it's like yes. if, he, if he's going to get 50% of those pitches called because he's able to do what he does and then he's going to let 50% go to the backstop because he does what he does, then – I, I, I don't know if they cancel each other out or, or, or how that works. But yeah. as far as the numbers go, uh, it says that, you know, he's saved us this, this many runs. And, and I always enjoyed throwing to him because I was a sinkable guy and I knew that he yeah. was going to get that low pitch. But I, I'd never thought Mac was bad at it. I thought Mac got me calls too. So I just don't think uh, – I'm not sure the accuracy of, of the, the analytic tools. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, that was my question. I, I should have left that. Uh, I, I included that part of the question. I was talking to somebody who has watched a lot of Flowers games this year, this, and, and he said, this scout said, that uh, he thought it was a combination of the pitches, the, the 16 pass balls, the ones he's seen, combination of him trying to frame some pitches too soon, which is what you just alluded to, and then getting signals crossed a lot with pitchers, which is not a problem that Mac has had. Uh, the Braves have multiple signals, multiple sets of signals, as you guys know, and 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 maybe he doesn't with you know with how many pitchers, new guys they've brought in, they've probably added more sets of them, you know. Uh, so he's this this guy said that it's been a combination of what he's seen. You know, some some pitches he tries to frame too soon, and those are the ones he misses, and then others it's just been crossed up with uh, with pitchers, and he hadn't seen that same problem with Mac. Hmm. Well, you're hopeless if you're trying to frame, you know, on a cross up. <laughs> it's over. You, you know, so that's that's not that's not working. Um, but especially with flow, you watch how late he a lot of times just like jabs at the ball and pulls it up in the zone. If he's trying uh-huh. to really sell and give the umpire a good presentation, it's the wrong pitch. I mean, that's gonna be a pass ball every time. So maybe that's the one thing he could really work on, you know, is, is uh-huh. getting, you can't get crossed up where well, there's sometimes dumbass relief pitcher like me. I could do follow two or second sign after that uh-huh. you're getting crossed up. Yep. That, I just, I couldn't, <laughs> yeah. I just, I didn't have it. I couldn't follow it. I was thinking about too much other stuff. It had to be Explain simple. that to people what you're talking about. Okay. So, you know, obviously, and BMAC, if you watch BMAC, he does multiple signs first hitter of the game uh, with he's nobody so on paranoid. base. But he's so <laughs> he paranoid. He's played for the Yankees. Too, yeah. He's, yeah. yeah. He can't even see Mac sign sometimes because he's so worried about the first base coach or third base coach stealing it. He's just got it like down tucked with his legs close together and he gives you like a fingernail, not even a full uh-huh. finger. And you're just sitting there looking at him like, dude, what the shit did you just call? What are we doing? But, uh, he also talks behind his mitt all the time, always covers his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's paranoid. He's the most paranoid, but he's been around, so he probably, yeah. you know, he knows some tricks. Yeah, but, you know, with Astros the signs, too. you come in as a reliever, a lot of guys will have, you know, like a first sign indicator where if you put down a, a four first pitch, then it's the four sign after that or something complex like that. And it just gets worse. There's touches, taps, plus one, all kinds of different shit two. going on. Yeah, yeah. I come in the game and I'm like, hey, man, I can do follow two, which means whatever you put a two down, I'll throw the pitch after that. Or I can do the second sign you yeah. call. 
that's that's it you know <laughs> those things get picked pretty quick and you have to mix it up more but some of us just you know i was i'd rather be certain and not <laughs> not cross you up or mess it up but you know some guys do some really advanced stuff so maybe flow's just a one or you know a simpler sign guy and that, that might help him. Yeah. i don't right. know and, it, and you you one time you got crossed up with mac right and he told you what, what he <laughs> yeah i can tell I you crossed the story. Him up. let me tell the story no no you go ahead yeah go ahead. okay no, go ahead no it go was ahead. just hilarious because <laughs> didn't it become a running joke where it was like i don't even need to know what's coming just you can just throw yeah. whatever you want i'm gonna catch it <laughs> yeah me and uh <laughs> me and bmac you know we're always on each other's ass making fun of each other or whatnot and kind of always trying to one-up each other so when he would do something like that to me i just know i screwed I'm like oh Oh, no. So what happened was us facing Chase Utley toward the end of the season. And I had good stuff this year, but toward the end of the season, and he caught a slider and I accidentally threw a two seamer because I just got crossed up. We we're probably trying something new. You know, I, was, I got crossed up and I throw a two seamer and he just sticks it on the corner and I get the call. <laughs> and so he just looks at me like that after, just kind of tilts his head sideways and glares at me like, bitch. You know, so I, I know when I get in the dugout, I'm going to hear about this. And I get in the dugout, and he's just like, you know, he's just loud talking already. He's saying it to everybody. Oh, Flaherty crossed me up. Didn't matter, though. His stuff sucks. He didn't even need to tell me what pitch is coming. I don't even need to put signs down. I can just sit back here and catch him. His stuff's garbage. You know, it's just soft tossing lefty. Bring it, keep bringing these guys in, Freddie. I'll just, you know, I don't even have to do signs. You know, he's, he's stuff like that. And he just, he just turns it into a running joke, man, and just ran with it for like two years. So that's fun. Yeah. Never oh, give BMAC an edge. He'll he'll just grab a hold of that and run no. with it. Yep. Man, if people knew how funny that guy is, because it doesn't come across in in interviews. He they think he's so no, serious he's a and all this shit. He's fake. You know? And he gets he's in front of fake in the media. And, and he guards the plate when uh, Gomez was trying to cross it. You know, it's, yep. it, it, they think he's all serious and doesn't have any fun. It's like, man, he's he's so funny. He's that fun guy that just, you know, once he feels disrespected, he can flip that switch. But 99% of the time, he's just clowning. You know, if they saw him dancing, you know, guys put on some hip hop music or something, he'll go in the middle of the clubhouse and just start dancing and doing stupid shit. He'll have everybody laughing. The whole clubhouse just lit up. And, uh, you know, then he goes out there in the game and, and you see him in the post game interviews. He's just, you know, a politician. He just puts on that act, that nice guy act, professional. Yeah. But He's the yeah. farthest thing from it. You know what's funny is when he uh, wish people saw when that he side. got that walk off hit this year, and he was like, he was so jacked, and I'd I'd not seen that yep. side of him. I'd I'd seen it, but I'd not seen him display that that kind of emotion, you know, for everyone else to see. I thought that was really really cool. That yeah, may just yeah. be a product of him, you know, getting to the end. But you know, it's I he, yeah, yeah, clock's ticking. <laughs> Might as well, he was fired up. Was awesome. <laughs> clock's ticking. He's reflecting yeah. memories. Yeah. That's all I've got now. Just memories. Uh, I hope he's not at the end. I hope he's not at the end. I'd like to see him play one more year, man. Yeah. Get those get numbers a little closer to Hall of Fame numbers. Yeah. That's a good question. Moy, though, you think he's a Hall of Famer? I think he's a legit Hall of Famer contender, I, man. I, Harold Baines is in the damn Hall of Fame now. Yeah. That's... One of his biggest strengths, though, aren't aren't really valued, and you don't have stats right. for him. You know, as like you were talking about that stat yeah. cast, yeah, you know, run safe and thing. Guy in the staff and all that. Yeah. What happens to your stat cast run save when you call a dumbass pitch? Yeah. Exactly. Nothing. You know, it's, it's, there's Good no question. stat for 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 all that kind of stuff. It's not really 
I don't know. If, I don't know. Maybe they do have a way to measure it, but I'm pretty well, sure they don't measure. Stats you know. are, are really, I, I think, deficient anyway. It, 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 metric stats regarding defense, there's still a lot of flaw. Yeah. They have not perfected them like they have offensive stats. And, you know, it, it, for instance, an outfielder, there's no way for the defensive stats to to uh, take into account how good the guy playing next to you is and how much ground he covers and how much you're going to have to cover. So, you know. Right. Uh, you look at some of the guys that it shows up as being the superior fielders, you know, especially first basemen and outfielders, and you're like, no, that guy's not. He's not one of the best first basemen, and that guy's not one of the I worst. I watched that with Eric. So, we talked about in the press box. I feel like that happens Eric a Hosmer, lot. man. I watched Eric Hosmer for two years yeah. pick everything at first base and really not not make – Yeah, and he's just, just okay. okay as far as the analytics were concerned. Yeah. And Freeman hasn't shown up well in most stats yeah, over Freddie's the, years, the best uh, I've played with. And he's damn good, yeah. yeah. He picks everything, and he and he's he's every, he has so much range at first base. You know, he's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like Freddie's extremely underrated for his defense and a great arm too. He cannon. He'll tell you about it too. Hey, before. Yeah. Well. <laughs> hey, before we go, I I wanted to uh, I talked to Jason Paré. He's the young Braves young GM uh, assistant in charge of uh, analytics, research, and development, all that. Ivy League guy. I don't know if you guys have talked to him. He's a pretty sharp dude. He's uh, Fulty didn't know who he was, right? <laughs> Somebody uh, asked Fulty a question about him on TV. And he's like, uh, "Who's that?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah. Well, he's behind the scenes, you know, and that's where he likes. Right. He comes up with all these numbers and stuff, and then they they give them to the coaches and the manager, and and let the manager and the coaches then you. You know, use them the way they want with the players, which I think is an ideal. I think it's the way the Braves do it is really good because the players don't feel like they're getting these eggheads stuffing these numbers down their throats and telling them this is what you're doing. So they let the, yeah. they let guys like Wash. That's one eggheads. way to describe them, Brian. Yeah. They let guys like Wash. You know, they let guys like Wash explain it to them, and it's like it comes across in a totally different way. You know. So, but anyway, I was talking to Jason Paré, and I asked him how rewarding it was for him and his department, you know, Alex hired them. Alex Anthopoulos hired them after Alex became GM a year and a half ago. And I said, how, how rewarding is it when you hear players and coaches and the manager all kind of praise analytics and positioning defensive and uh, for, for being a big part of what they did last year and their improvement? It was that, is that like the ultimate reward for a guy like you? And, uh, and I just loved his response and it didn't make it in the story that I, I wrote. And I wanted to just give you that quote. He said, because to me, it really says something about this front office too, that they're, their head's in the right place too. He said, I think the ultimate reward is just success in general. The analytics last year uh, certainly played a role in the aspects you just mentioned, but I think more than anything else, it's a team effort. We have scouts that are working really hard. We have a tremendous coaching staff. We have players. Say what you will about the previous administration here, but they did a tremendous job getting raw talent in this organization. I mean, we inherited a bunch of players that ended up making us look really good. And I mean, we didn't get almost any of those guys. So I think we're very conscious of the fact that, that there was a very, very good foundation here, whether it was the minor league system, the players on the major league roster, the systems they have in place, player development, the coaching staff, but we inherited a really good system. We did some things to tweak and help kind of maximize it. But we try to be humble and conscious of the fact that there was a lot that was due to the people who came before us. And I just thought that was pretty that. good. Cause, yeah, I'm glad he said that. Yeah, because yeah, that's... People, people have shit all over Copy and Frank yeah. Wren and all this. And they yeah. had their flaws, obviously. Frankie can but shit man, all over you him look as much as you want. 
Copy Copy was uh, Copy was he was he was trying to do the right thing for uh, uh, a yeah. lot of the time that he was here. Um, but he's yeah. going for it. He was going for it. Exactly. He's, I mean, right. he's going for it. It's, uh, yeah, you can't trying to get an edge. <laughs> but you, you find you find that <laughs> took a, a, a chance. Lot, a lot of the time, it's this it's this constant fight between old school and new school and there's no middle ground kind of like politics right now it's like right. you're either left or right there's yeah. nothing in the middle but it's the same with the traditionalists with baseball players and the, and the right. new guys that are just kind of no it's all analytics but there's it's a good mix that we've got right now between old school and new school and, yeah. and old perfect mix yeah i love it yeah you gotta embrace it you gotta embrace what you know, no matter where you are in baseball if you don't embrace analytics and and at least acknowledge that they are a major factor in the in today's game and they can help you get better. If you just shun them and think they're stupid, I mean, you're just, you're going to be out of baseball. You know, well, I think that I think the Braves it, have a really good job of, of having coaches that embrace it, but are still old school. You know, if, if Ron Washington embraces analytics, I mean, that's the, that's the golden ticket right there. Yeah. Cause he can right. communicate with anybody and right. he knows the damn game. He played it. I mean, it's to have a guy like Washington, your organization is perfect. You know, EY, it's just, it, Walt Weiss, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, they got a great mix, you know, all the way up. And I think, uh, you know, you laugh, and we, we laughed about Fulton not knowing who Jason Parry is, but it's it might be a good thing that he doesn't know who Jason Parry is, you right? Know? Yeah, that he hasn't and, heard it's coming from him, you know, you got to right. do it. And Jason it's Parry from this doesn't guy. want, doesn't, doesn't need people to know who he is, they just wants the work to be instituted and used, and it is, you know, so yep, it's uh, good sign. You know, the players are getting it from the coaches, and that's who they should get it from. And I think right. the Braves are taking a great approach with their analytics in that regard because they've their analytics department now is front line. I mean, it's there's only a two, maybe a couple of teams that do it more extensive and have more employees doing it, but they never talk about it. They never show people behind the scenes how many people they have doing this stuff because that's not really important. The work itself is what's important, and how the players use it, use it and the coaches use it. So, yeah, you know, even me and Moila have talked about how we didn't have any of that Rapsido spin data, any of this right. stuff um, when we were playing. You know, you worked your ass off. Your first feedback was when you got to spring training. You found out if you put any good work <laughs> right. in or not. You know, Jesus. it's like, oh, that's shit, changed. I'm getting shelled. You know, that's, <laughs> that's every it. day. Guess now my slider needs to get day. better. You know, yeah, yeah. Slider goes over the out. fence. It sucks. If you're swinging and missing, your slider's good. But that was really the feedback we had. Yeah. These guys can <laughs> nip a lot of stuff in the bud before it happens. Yeah. They can so take them I mean, in the video room, show them, and show them the rates, spin rates, everything, everything. every day. But it's not, and yeah, if you I mean, wanted, there's, there's value in if it. If you want to develop a new pitch now, you just go to the Rapsodo machine and find out who, what numbers and what <laughs> yeah. angles and, and look at the camera angle for certain guys throwing. Whoever's got the best slider, you can just go look at it and you copy it, and then you make one yourself. It's like – it's insane. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> you it's, don't it's, have to throw it to Miguel Cabrera and find out. Right. It's obviously not that easy oh, yeah. because I've been trying to throw a cutter no. for 15 years, but I still haven't worked out how to do it. But – it's you got a tough arm slot for tough a cutter farm slot yes yeah but you know it's yeah that's it's tough that's arm the slot difference for the cut piece. that's the difference now is and you see it it's not just in the big league clubhouse like i, I go to a facility around the corner from my house and they've got kids have they've it. got yeah. three wrap sodos that they put these kids on every day and they've got the hitting ones and the pitching ones and they've got the slow motion cameras so kids from the age of eight nine ten eleven twelve are, are learning how, how to have perfect swings and perfect spin rate it's crazy Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's really advanced. It's it's changed a lot in the game, and if you do, you know, if you don't embrace it, you just you're gonna be a dinosaur. And it's, I I don't think it's everything, and and I think there's uh, 
equal value in, you know, having feel for the game and having played the game and, and knowing what you're teaching. And, and a lot of kids, I think, are better off just working with a real pitching coach versus somebody that's never pitched and knows how to use a computer. Yeah. You know, like there's got to be balance right. in it. But right. um, there's definite value. You know, you can't deny it. So I think that, you know, like we said, the Braves just have a really good mix of of embracing it, but not not letting it just be the end all be all and, and you know, baseball decisions either. Good mix. That sounds like our old scouting huh. reports. Hard end, soft away, good mix. Yeah. <laughs> Pitch them away, play them away. What, what was Chino's thing? Oh, our, uh, uh, pull side yeah, after the middle. Uh, infield straight away, after it straight away. Come a long way, haven't they? Center field uh, to the second base side. Yeah, that used to be, yeah. I mean, eight out of nine guys in the lineup was infield straight away, outfield straight away, center field to the second Jeez, base side. Uh, you now just, they pull out you look a card out of their pocket, literally in the outfield for every batter, every situation. Everybody's got, you know, GPS coordinates <laughs> on where they're supposed to stand in the outfield now. It's like, no wonder guys can't hit. Now, of course, they're trying to just hit homers. Uh, how long before everyone's wearing... Man, how many times... How it, long before everyone's wearing those, a those Garmin? smart glasses? <laughs> a <Yeah>. Garmin tracker? <laughs> yeah. How, how, how many times in a game, though, seriously, do you see what would have been a clean a hit up double. the middle? Yeah. A clean hit up the middle. Now, it's right to the second baseman or shortstop standing behind second base. I mean, it happens three or four times every game. Yeah, you but, know. Uh, uh, here we go. go ahead. And then there's something uh, go through the infield where they should have been standing. <laughs> the chopper to the when shortstop. You look, when you look at uh, the batting average on balls in play. Right. It's gone up since analytics have introduced shifts. Yeah. So how does that – like you're obviously going to take away the hits you're supposed to take away, but as right. Eric said, the the, the mental uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? I get far more pissed off when I give up a soft ground ball to okay, the, right. where the shortstop should right. have been right. than if I'm giving up a piss rod that he's in, happens to be in a good position to feel. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Okay. But analytics would tell you that they'd rather, you know, be in place to steal that line drive and erase that double and all that, you know, than, than give up that little bleeder you were talking about. That, uh, yeah, I think you break also even. funny is that – Yeah, then that's, I agree with you. Oh. Um, but what's funny too is being up in the press box and getting yelled at, but it's a different perspective <laughs> to look at the game. Um. I, balls are carrying to the outfielders. Like a lot of balls yeah. that, that I would think would, would fall in play. I don't know if it's a product of the new baseballs or what. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of balls that carry to the outfielders now that I was like, oh, that's yeah. a hit. Oh, never mind. Yeah. It's still going. So, yeah. yeah you're breaking even yeah. on that too because a lot of those are sneaking out yeah. of the park. How about these home runs opposite yeah. field down the corner that just, you're like in the past, you're so used to the guy. Oh, it's a routine fly ball. And a ball just keeps going. Like and the one Ozzy hit the like, other day. Ozzy hit one the other day ridiculous. to left field into the bullpen. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It I hope 90, we don't, ninety-two miles an hour for that. I don't. I hope we don't get used to this because I don't want to see. This no, they, they'll change it next year. It's going to be weird to. too because there's going to be a lot of contracts if the balls stay yeah. like this that you can't change the balls or you're going to have somebody with a dead weight contract. You know, the dude hit thirty-six homers last year. Now he's hitting twelve. They need to change it so everybody can view this as an outlier year rather than you know yeah. do this for two or three years and where guys it's, are going to have. But you. how's it's that so going to affect the to, record books? Though? Right, it's so yeah, hard well, to gauge. Are they going to put asterisks everywhere? No, just because just just like they don't have an asterisk on Barry Bonds' record, you know. I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's so hard to gauge who's a good player, too. You You'll know, just have to know. People will know. Yeah. yeah, that was the year they used the Super Bowl. So yeah, those. 
Yeah, every team's just about as approaching its home run records. The Braves are going to smash theirs, you know. And AAA, they put them in AAA, and they're breaking all their records yeah, too. I mean, exactly. There's no, there's no denying it. Whatever juiced or malfunctioning you want to call it, the balls are flying. You know, I, I even feel like they have Statcast dumbed down to to take like uh, sixty feet off the home. <laughs> take, you see yeah. something? See somebody Some hit the back ridiculous. wall in Houston and 430. it's like three thirty. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, it went. Ball was one hundred and sixteen miles an hour at the perfect launch angle and it went into the river and it was oh yeah it's 19 feet over the fence how about when a that's guy hits stat the other thing about stack cast that is ridiculous is when a guy will hit one 480 feet and it'll say that was a that was a uh 80 probability percent pit probability there was a five percent chance that was gonna hey, be you caught. never know I mean, you gotta trust it you gotta trust the analytics on that it could have hit a bird and fell right down and i could have caught that kind of yeah that was kind of silly but Yep. You ever seen that, that old movie Wildcats where the guy blocks a field goal jumping up in the air? That might be it. You never know. You never know. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it, boys. We got uh, All right. We got three more games here. Uh, or what? Three more games in Philly and then three more in D.C. And the Braves got a chance to break some more hearts before they go home. Pretty, pretty impressive. Biggest games of the year. Know. Every game. As Snit says, tomorrow's the biggest game of the year. Yep. Best shape of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Moilo, you, you got to be out. We should do this more often. Anytime, Moilo. Anytime, Moilo. Man, are you going to do any road games? Uh, nah, probably not this year. And I don't think, you know, if I'm doing any road games, it just means I go into the studio. So, um, yeah. I'm not at I'm not at the level where I get to make road trips yet, but hopefully, hopefully one just day. Just keep grinding, man. Just keep your head down. Keep grinding. Grinding. Glavin made his first road trip ever since he played. He made his first road trip on the last road trip, and of course they had plane yeah. troubles. Oh my god! I mean, he they does, were like, huh? how many hours were they late? Like six. They got home yeah. at like six in the morning. That was Glavin's yeah. first trip that he'd made since he was a player. He goes, and it's my last one. <laughs> yeah, you won't be me on this plane anymore. He said. <laughs> hey, you know what's a great just one one last thing. We were talking about JD, you know, and, and and all the intangibles and the good shit that he brings. Do you know what I heard a story about what happened on that plane trip? They had Glavin sitting back. The broadcaster sit kind of in in, in the front. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, in the back of the plane, and the players are in the front. Well, they had Glavin sitting back there with the broadcasters in the back of the plane, and. During all this delay and the plane sitting there taking forever to take, JD got up and said, we got a guy up here with 300 wins. He's sitting in the back of the plane. We got guys up here who haven't played 300 innings that are sitting in the front. Get your ass up here. And JD wanted him to go. And and Glavin was like, no, 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 it's fine. No, that, you know, JD's like, no, come on, man, get up Ultimately, Tom did not move, you know, because he just no. felt kind of, you know. But I just thought it was pretty cool. There. I heard beautiful. this story that 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 Donaldson thought about that, that he even thought. That's, that's what the old school. That's the old school mentality that needs to, you know, it's a respect level that, yeah, that sometimes gets gets lost a little bit with the yeah. with the new new age. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really cool story. I like that. Yeah, good for JD. All right, boys. Well, we'll be back on here on Friday, and Moylan will be back on here with us uh, soon, I'm sure. some point. uh, Yes. At least for all the free episodes that we need to get more people (laughs) listening. (laughs) You're a ringer. We brought the ringer in for this one. We brought the ringer Uh, in. Listen, I've been underpaid my whole life, man. This is just another one I can add to my list. Forget about it. 
get uh, get uh, O'Flaherty to give you some of his salary from these things. <laughs> I haven't even gotten paid yet. It's considerable salary. They made me fill out an invoice, man. I just yeah, I almost punched my it. computer screen trying to fill out an invoice. <laughs> I was like, I don't even want the money, man. I'll do this shit for free. Just don't make me fill out another invoice. Where's my direct deposit? Like it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody holds your everybody holds your hand in the big leagues. You know, they walk you, they tell you where to be. You need your car washed. They just get your car washed for you. You never have to do any adult shit. Now I'm out here in the real world. I just want to fight everything. I want to fight computers, landscapers. I want to fight my car, my my. Keep your floor. damn money. I don't want your damn money. I got a leak in my yep. house. I have no clue what to do. It's like nonstop real world shit. I need to play baseball. Have a clubby fix to, it for you, man. I need a you have clubby. You to leave the house to get a haircut. My wife's a terrible clubby. She's not. She's not a very good clubby. She doesn't want to do it. You know, if, I need to hire a clubby. I'm gonna call oh, Ben Acre up and just see if he wants to move out here to Seattle. That's great. <laughs> All right, that's uh, it for us. Hey, uh, Moylo, boys. what's your Twitter again? I forget. Moylo at Peter Moylan. Tough there one. you go. That's easy. Yeah. And then follow yeah. Eric at, at EOF34 and me, D. O'Brien, ATL. If Eric hadn't and, been a dumbass and got on Twitter when he should have, he would have had an actual cool name instead of at EOF34. <laughs> well, what's so cool about your name? Nothing. <laughs> so it's creative. just that people can find you rather than having to look I'm up I'm sure EOF. at Eric O'Flaherty is available too, but nobody wants that. I don't want to type that out. No, someone's got it. Someone's got it. Guaranteed. You had a couple of years, man. Right. Someone would have picked that up real quick. <laughs> Right yeah. Yeah. You guys. yeah, they're going to sell it down the road for like $6. Just hey, thanks for out. listening, everybody. As, as these guys continue <laughs> to ramble, I'm going to sign off. And uh, as a reminder, you can check Eric and I out on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app every Tuesday from now on. Also, to save 40%, 40% off your first year athletic subscription, use the link, theathletic.com forward slash 755 is real. That would be the number. 755 is real. Again, that's theathletic.com forward slash 755 is real to get 40% off your first year athletic subscription. We will release our athletic exclusive episode on Friday like normal. We ask that you download, rate, and subscribe so we can bring guests like Moilo back because he's not coming back for this shit unless you listen. That's it for us. We're out of here. See ya. Later. Bye. All right. See ya.